At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is BSIN, the sports betting network. And Super Bowl champion Sean King on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. It is the nightcap here on VSIN as the finishing touches are being put on the Utah Jazz as the Dallas Mavericks lead by 30 over the Utah it's Jazz. Not over yet. Still two minutes left. <laughs> you got a, this is like rock and jock basketball from back <laughs> in the day on MTV. They got a 30 pointer out there alongside Sean King, 50th pick back in 1999. And the NFL draft is that is coming up this week. I am Tim Murray as the Mavericks now leading by 32. Uh, if you went on vcin.com today, you would have seen a write-up from our next guest saying Mavericks minus three, one of his best bets today, and that is Jonathan Von Tobel, our senior NBA analyst, also co-host of The Edge and Hardwood Handicappers here on Sunday. He does it all. Uh, JVT, uh, let's go back to the early, the, the middle portion of the night, and the Raptors keeping their postseason hopes alive. Now three to two, this thing goes back to Toronto. So from what you saw today, the Raptors now won two in a row. They win by 15 today. Do you give this Raptors team some hope to pull this series out against Philadelphia? I think you have to, right? I mean, it's a, it's a, it's not a favorable situation, but it's, it's not a terrible one because you win this game. Now you go back home, the friendly confines of your arena. Um, Matisse Thibel was unplayable today offensively, but he's still a good defender. That's not going to be on the floor for Philadelphia in that game. Uh, and for three games now, defensively, you've done a really good job against Philadelphia. In the two games in Toronto, they went into those, and or excuse me, they came out of those and coming into today, uh, in those two games, defensive rating, I think 106.7. And then today, you put down a really good performance where you had a defensive rating, held them at under a point per possession, 93.8. So for three games, you've defended extremely well. Your transition offense is starting to get it going today. They were great in transition, took advantage of a lot of the issues that Philly has shown in the regular season. Yeah, they, they totally, I think, are pretty live to, at the very least, make Philly sweat and potentially force them in a winner-take-all game seven, which I don't think would be fantastic for Doc Rivers, given the history there. You know, uh, two series that are looking like they're going to definitely go seven games or have a high likelihood are the Tim- Timberwolves versus the Grizzlies and also Suns-Pelicans. Suns-Pelicans were able to even that series at 2-2. How do you feel about those two contests tomorrow, JVT? So I'd say I'd start with the uh, the Suns, uh, Sean, because 
what I'm really interested in is, uh, and it kind of ties in with Memphis as well, but more so for Phoenix because their bench hasn't really been very good. Like the campaign that has shown up so far this series has been bad campaign. Uh, there's no real other shot creators outside of him and Chris Paul and some of those lineups in terms of like real legitimate ball handlers that create their own offense. But I bring that up because it's role players tend to play better when they go back home. Really good case uh, is Aaron Gordon. Last game, he was incredible. Game three, he was much better. And eventually his good performance, Monty Morris, what he did in the third quarter, helps Denver extend that series, win a game. You could see the same thing with Phoenix, where the role players get a little bit more comfortable in their roles when they're playing the friendly confines of their own arena and potentially getting a better performance there. But when you go back to New Orleans and just even in this game tomorrow, you're going to have to deal with those defensive first lineups with Herb Jones and uh, Jose Alvarado out there, which have been a problem for Phoenix, and the uh, inability to keep them off the glass in some key situations. So I still think Phoenix wins that series, uh, but I'm going to be really interested to see how those role players adjust when you get back home and extend that out, of course, in a potential winner-take-all if it gets that far. We're talking to Jonathan Von Tobel at MeJVT on Twitter senior NBA analyst. Check out his daily write-ups on vcin.com. Uh, so Miami and Atlanta, uh, Atlanta staving yeah. off elimination, a big number out there, seven, uh, now creeping up at some spots to seven and a half JVT. It looks like early money coming in on Miami, uh, and we got a total of 217 and a half. Anything you like in the early game tomorrow night? Uh, I didn't, nothing I really liked him, but I will say it's pretty interesting from a number standpoint. You know, we've seen in a lot of these games or a lot of these series, you should say, um, that w with the success of a team, you you'll usually see the market adjust. So, for example, Golden State closes about six and a half in the first two games. Uh, but by the time we get to game four, uh, we are seeing that number all the way, I think, got to, what, a five and a half at close. Uh, and they eventually lost that game. But still, you know, we saw the market adjust its power rating Golden State as they continue to win games and cover. And for Atlanta, for Miami, you know, we're right back to pretty much game one where we were for that contest, right? Got pretty much uh, catching seven, seven and a half across the board. I wouldn't be surprised to see if this starts to creep up uh, toward Miami. As you mentioned, it's already getting there seven and a half. I wouldn't be surprised if it gets to like eight or so, uh, a slight adjustment by the betting market, given what we saw in those two games in Atlanta. And while the Hawks did win one in that same game, was it a 21 to nothing run for Miami that looked like they were going right to uh, run away with it, but they eventually fold there. All of the advantages Miami has, we've seen them play out, and I think they're in a pretty good spot to win this. And I think you'll probably see the market gravitate toward that number and drive it up tomorrow. Well, you talk about the uh, the movement in the market. You know, we head to uh, the Grizzlies and Pelicans series, and mm -hmm. this is one where uh, the total has, I think it's gone under, I think, the last three games. It might have gone over, uh, I think, a game four there, JVT. And I know it went, yeah, when, I know it went over last one because I was sweating out uh, the, well, I wasn't sweating out, but the Doug Kazarian, who I saw over the weekend, was sweating out the under in that game. So <laughs> I know it didn't I know it didn't go under well, that. Well, pour night. one out for old uh, DK yeah. there. But uh, the total at 233, and the numbers actually moved down a little bit, down to six uh, in favor. Actually, here at Circa, it was kind of bouncing around, went as low as five and a half back to six. So Memphis, Minnesota, uh, once again, uh, JVT will have write-ups on all of these games at vcin.com, so make sure to check that out. But uh, anything early jumping out at you in Memphis, Minnesota tomorrow night? So uh, the way I've handled this series, guys, is uh, I came into it thinking that uh, Memphis was a little overvalued, and not a little bit, they were overvalued by the market, and that I was going to bet on Minnesota in each game until I was proven incorrect uh, or you know until I ran away with a bunch of money. And I, I feel like I'm 2-2 two and two up to this point. Uh, with one of those games, Minnesota having a 21-point lead twice and blowing both of them. So I still feel, not vindicated the right term, but I still feel like I'm going to take this approach here. And I want to see what the market does. But I still think like when these two teams met, this is a pretty tight series. I think we've seen now through four games uh, that these two teams are very similar to one another. There's advantages for both that they can exploit in certain matchups. 
Carlant, or excuse me, a Jaron Jackson Jr., though he needs to stay out of foul trouble. But I think at the end of the day, you know, I had this much tighter from a power rating perspective, and I'm going to kind of keep on my strategy here. So if this, I'm going to see if it gets back to seven. Games one and two closed about six and a half, seven. So we'll probably float around there, but I'm going to wait until close to tip and see if I can get the market to drive this up and maybe get to seven and bet again on the Minnesota Timberwolves like I've been doing this entire series. Yeah, right now sitting at six for the total, 233, 233 and a half tomorrow night, Minnesota at the Memphis Grizzlies. We're talking to Jonathan Von Tobel at MeJVT on Twitter. Uh, Chicago and Milwaukee, boy, what a performance uh, by Milwaukee over the weekend in Chicago, just thumping uh, this Chicago Bulls team in their house two times without Chris Middleton. Uh, more so big picture, because now they're up three games to one. They're going to win this series. Anyone who had, you know, minus, you know, two and a half or so, you're, you're feeling okay about heading into that game uh, on Wednesday night. But when you look at this Milwaukee team, and then we look at what Boston has been doing, especially defensively, uh, JVT, uh, how do you look at that likely series? I know Westgate has hung a number uh, Boston mm-hmm. minus two dollars, plus one seventy-five for Milwaukee for the series without Chris Middleton. Is that the price you would have thought it would be? Uh, yeah, I was actually texting with Jeff Sherman earlier when they right when they hung that up, and I, I was I thought it was going to be like two twenty, but I figured you had to get a little bit more respect to to Milwaukee and maybe what you'll get from a from an action standpoint, Tim. But uh, I, I I've changed my mind here a little bit. You know, I came into the postseason with the belief that I wasn't going to budge on Milwaukee being the best team in the Eastern Conference. They were going to be my highest power-rated team. But I, you know, I, watching this Boston team a lot, having a futures ticket on them and seeing what they are, they're the best team in the Eastern Conference right now. And I like this team a lot. And the way they can match up with Milwaukee, their ability to switch multiple matchups, two big scoring wings, especially Jason Tatum, Robert Williams coming back and being healthy once again. I like what the Celtics bring to the table. They deserve to be favored here. They deserve to be a $2 favorite. And I think they're going to win this series. So I, I am going to sit back. I hope that the market maybe drives that down, get that under two bucks and get a cheap price on them. But I like Boston a lot. They are now my best team in the Eastern Conference. And with without Chris Middleton with that sprained MCL, yeah. it's more than likely he's not going to play in this series. I know they didn't miss him against the Bulls. The Bulls are not very good. Uh, they're just, they're, they can't match. I know they won game two, but it's just, it's a bad matchup for them. So when you look at, this series with the likelihood of Chris Middleton being absent, just how big of a loss do you think that will be for the Bucks in this particular series? Oh, it's huge, right? Because especially when you're taking on a defensive team, when you have three, actually we'll call them four legitimate defenders who are switchable, malleable, even Robert Williams can flash out to the perimeter if he needs to. You just, you need every valve of offense and shot creation that you can have against a team like Boston. Look what we did. Look what we just saw with Brooklyn. You know, if Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving weren't taking on a majority of the scoring load or Bruce Brown didn't have a really good first half against them, you know, the offense failed to kind of come from other areas on their roster. They really missed Joe Harris. They missed a guy that can create for them as well in a Ben Simmons type Have they ever had him. So, yeah, no, that's a really big loss. Just Chris Middleton is a scoring machine. He can score very well. He's performed it for what it's worth very well against the Celtics in the postseason in the past. Uh, I just think that when you're looking at at Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast 
is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. That, on top of the fact that if Drew Holiday is one of those Drew Holiday games, right, where he tends to disappear offensively, it's just going to be hard for Giannis. He's going to get a lot of attention from one of the best defenses in the NBA. So, no, it's it's massive for, for Milwaukee that Middleton's not healthy. Well, and the Devin Booker injury officially ruled out. Not yep. a big surprise for game five. Uh, but when you look at this, I, I'm, I'm with you. I think they find a way to get out of this Minnesota series. Uh, but you got Luka waiting in the wings, more than likely there, now up three games to two. Um, who do you, with in the final minute here, JVT, right now think emerges from the West? I mean, I think you probably have to look at Golden State, right? That's the most probabilistic given the injury to Booker and where we're at here. Uh, but, you know, I've told you before, I've got a ticket on 14-1 to on the Mavericks to win the Western Conference. And now the Doncic is back, and we're seeing them, it, it, like, performing at a very good level here offensively. And, and the Booker injury, too. I would watch out for Dallas. They are a very good defensive team, and they have a legitimate superstar who can take over games. And I think they're a legitimate threat in this conference. You can follow Jonathan Von Tobel, our Great senior stuff, NBA JVT. analyst, on Twitter, at me, JVT. Catch him on the edge on weekdays and on Sunday nights, Hardwood Handicappers. JVT, as always, man, we appreciate it. Anytime, guys. Thank you. There he is, JVT, Jonathan Von Tobel. Make sure, once again, vcin.com each and every day throughout the postseason. He's putting up write-ups. Great stuff. And uh, if you awesome content. Him, would have had the Mavericks. Uh, easy winner as they take care of business. That's Sean King. I'm Tim Murray. It's the Nightcap here on Visa. If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, Bet Rivers has you covered. Bet Rivers has launched a series of CityCasts designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. There are CityCasts in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, LA, New York, Philly, Pittsburgh, and DC. Subscribe to your local CityCast wherever you get your podcast. Alongside Sean King, I am Tim Murray. It is the nightcap here on Beeson, the draft inching ever so close and uh, as sean mentioned last hour i think we need to do this every hour on the network just a reminder if you are coming to town for the (laughs) nfl draft don't get mad at any ticket taker any book in town those odds will go bye-bye wednesday 4 p.m pacific done off the board and you will not be able to bet here in las vegas or in reno state of nevada Different states and also, have rules. if you have like twenty bets, then and you get here Wednesday morning, you probably need to go ahead and head to the book. And I wouldn't advise getting over there at three thirty. <laughs> <And you, laughs> you got twenty bets because you know some of these selections are hard to find on the board. So you know, just getting a, the right number, you know, double checking, you know that that it's the exact wager that you want, and then shopping around. You're gonna have to shop around a little bit 
So it's going to take some commuting maybe from one sports book to another one, you know, for specific bets. You know, um, I want to wish my partner all the success in the world. He Thank has you. 320 draft bets. 319. Out there right now. My producer, Aaron, has slightly less, but he's in a 200. So I'm just anxious to see how this thing <laughs> plays out. This is my first year ever even knowing that you could bet on the draft. So I'm trying to, like, separate what I know to be the truth from an evaluation standpoint and what's actually going to happen on Thursday and Friday. So I'm excited about it. I'm fascinated. I can't wait to see it. I am going to check every bet that Aaron and Tim have on the spreadsheet because I'm going to track the level of either elite brilliance or the level of low stupidity that exists with all of these wagers. Well, we've talked about them, a lot of them. Uh, now, some are, you know, a couple of them are, are more flyers. Like, I took a flyer on Desmond Ritter to be the first quarterback selected at 25-1. to 1. It just, There was one book in town, Stations, that had 25-1. to 1. Others had 10-1. to 1. So, I said, give it a shot. Why not? We'll see what happens. We talked to Bruce Feldman earlier this hour. If you haven't read it, it's a really good read on The Athletic uh, with Draft Confidential. Talk about different quarterbacks. Uh, Desmond Ritter, I still believe, goes in the first round. I do have a bet on him to go in the first round. Um, and I think he could likely head into Pittsburgh at 20. But do I think he'll be the first quarterback selected? No, I would be pretty surprised. But at 25 to 1, it's an implied probability of, what, like 13% or something like that? Even le- maybe even less? I thought it was, yeah, maybe worth a flyer. So we'll see. I think there. I don't think there will be any quarterbacks taken in the first round. I'll take that bet. No. I don't feel that strongly about it, but I have a question: Where were you? Where are you watching the draft on Thursday? Are you coming here early? Probably. Yeah, it starts at uh, eight o'clock Eastern, five o'clock Pacific. I think I'm I got gonna... this golf event. I think I'm gonna miss the draft. I'm gonna have to like be <laughs> looking at it you on have my a golf phone. event during the draft. Yeah, it's a program for who? So the NFL alumni have uh, an event, and then I have a uh, another who's the best celebrity golf golfer in the country event, so I'm trying to decide which one. Oh. So. Nope. I will I will keep you updated uh, on the uh, NFL draft as you're golfing. Yeah, here. text me. It's going to be also really windy, so enjoy that. Is it for real? Yeah. It's going to be really windy on wow. Thursday. So. Um, I, I just kind of. Maybe I won't play in either you know, if it's supposed to be windy. It's not fun to play in Vegas when it's really windy. No. Um, you know, one thing I wanted to kind of go back and take a look at as we have we've talked about these you've given your analysis on so many of the players in this draft just kind of those people who are just jumping in uh, to draft betting or this week just look back and, and take a look at some of the, the spots out there so Malik Willis it's interesting here at Circa now I don't know if it's the most exclusive take a look back there but uh, Circa was pretty bullish on the quarterback thinking their over-unders were a little higher than most of the market. Their Malik Willis was 13-and-a-half. Kenny Pickett opened actually 18-and-a-half, down to 16-and-a-half. And then Desmond Ritter, Matt Corral kind of hovering around first round. Sam Howell at 46-and-a-half. And then Carson Strong has moved quite considerably uh, up to 109-and-a-half. And once again, these were earlier today. I'll, I'll try to get the latest. He's up to 114-and-a-half. Well, Understand that Sam Howell is the best quarterback in this class. He won't be the first quarterback selected. I don't know why teams just don't call me and take my quarterback rankings and just move forward with those. Um, 
this is a no-brainer for you. I see bet 33 sitting right here. I mean, your boy Desmond Ritter under 31 and a half. I already played it. Play it again. Yeah. I mean, Nate basically told you if he's there at 20, Pittsburgh's taking him. So you got to trust your, your fellow Badger, right? Nate Tice. Not my fellow Badger. I didn't go to well, you guys are tall and white, so I just sound like all tall white guys, you know, <laughs> go to Wisconsin for college. <laughs> <laughs> You got you to gotta back your boy. I did. I bet it once. I don't need you to bet You should it double down. No. Did Why? you get minus 125? No, I got plus 130. Oh, yeah, because I feel like this is even, like, free money. What I So here's my thing on Desmond Ritter. And the tricky part about the Desmond Ritter odds here in, in Nevada, or if you're playing an over-under, is you don't get 32. I think 32 with Detroit is fascinating. Do they select a quarterback there? And I heard someone today talk about... Don't they have picked 34? That's the second round. I know. But Jacksonville's not taking a quarterback at 33. But you don't get the fifth-year option. I know. You're going to draft a quarterback. You're going to draft him 32 and not 33. That's what they might do. I wouldn't be drafting a quarterback 30 anything. I understand that. I might take Sam Howell. That's another one. So Sam Howell... At 46 and a half. I want to go back to. And, and and to be fair, to just hammer home a point before we move forward there, having the fifth year on the deal for me would not matter simply because every young quarterback that's been deserving of getting the big time extension has gotten it before getting into the fifth year of the deal. That's true. So Lamar Jackson has decided not to sign any of the extensions that Baltimore's offered him. So I think he's the only one that's playing, that's going to play the fifth year of that deal. But all the rest well, of those Sam guys, Darnold's going to play the fifth year. Yeah, but I said good ones that have deserved and <laughs> earned the right for an extension. <laughs> they have gotten it before year five. If I'm in year five of this deal, then he's not the quarterback for us anyway. So I want to go to something that, uh, that Bruce Feldman pointed uh, out. He said one quarterback coach told him about Sam Howell, mm-hmm. echoed the sentiment that Sean has. Our highest-rated quarterback this year is Sam Howell. I've got a second-round grade on him. Smart. We've got a third-round grade on Kenny Pickett, and if you looked at his 2020 film, it would be sixth or seventh-round grade. Which is what I've been telling you. Same quarterback coach on Howell. I love his arm, and I think he sees the field the best of all these guys, even though he's only six feet. He can shape throws, throws with touch, can throw a good deep ball, can anticipate and get zip on the ball to be deadly in the RPO and quick game. He carried a bad team, very accurate at all three levels. He is probably maxed out physically, which is okay. He's also really tough. His big flaw, you don't really feel him. He's just kind of there. I think Kenny will be much better of a leader. Guys in the locker room will love him. That was what one quarterback coach told Bruce Feldman about Sam and see, this this is where, and I don't know who this guy is, but like he's 75% right and he's 25% dead wrong. Like I love, of course, I have Sam Howell as my number one quarterback. So a lot of the things that he says are great about Sam Howell, I agree with 100%. I think those guys get too caught up in the presentation of leadership as opposed to the actual implementation of leadership. And you can't see how Kenny Pickett or Sam Howell actually leads unless you were there at Pittsburgh or UNC. 
So here's the interesting thing about Sam Howell. So his over-under set of 46 and a half. Teams that could potentially need a quarterback early in the second round. Jacksonville doesn't need one. Detroit, yes. Jets, no. Giants, yeah, maybe. Uh, Houston, you would think no because of Davis Mills. Bears, no. Seahawks have two picks, 40 and 41. But some believe maybe they go quarterback at nine. Indianapolis at 42. That could be an intriguing landing spot. But they don't have first. They, have, they don't have first. Yeah, they still have uh, Sam Ellinger and uh, who is it? Jacob Eason are the two guys they have. Yeah, good. That, that's great. Yeah. I'm just saying young quarterbacks that they're, they're thinking can develop. So, oh, I, I, Baltimore at 45. They're not taking a the quarterback. They got Hundley. They got Hundley. Oh, yeah? Yeah, he played good last year when Lamar was out. All right. All right. It is the nightcap. We'll get back to uh, a little NBA and also uh, a couple more thoughts on the NFL draft. It's the nightcap. On VSIN, the sports betting network. It is a nightcap here on VSIN. We'll wrap up the show in 15 minutes. Take a look at tomorrow's NBA slate. A good slate. Three games Atlanta, Miami, Minnesota, Memphis, New Orleans, Phoenix. What do you got there, Sean? I lied to the people. Yeah, yeah. What do you got? I said I had no NFL draft bets, and I forgot that on um, the 28th of March. 2022, we must have had a conversation, and I think I probably was like maybe hydrated at a high level because <laughs> I have a ticket that has Malik Willis being the number one overall pick as the only way I can cash it. Huh. So I don't remember like the context around why I decided to make this bet. Well, you- there was... There was a lot of buzz, and about I about him going one. No, just him kind of rising, and I took a flyer at him seventy-five to one earlier than that. I didn't even get any CLV. Um, got him a million to one. It's Jeez. not going to matter. He's not going to be number one. I mean, his over/under right now is depending on where you look: ten and a half, twelve, eleven and a half, twelve and a half. I they. The quarterbacks are, are the most int- fascinating aspect of this draft because I just I could see, as Jason Lockenfora said, a quarterback going six to Carolina. But the more you hear these draft analysts talk, it feels like, first off, they want to trade down. I don't know if they will. Maybe, they, maybe they'll have an opportunity. I think New Orleans trading up with those two picks to get one of the tackles is a, is a real possibility. Mm-hmm. Uh, either Evan Neal or it doesn't seem like Iki Aquano, but if they like Evan Neal, maybe Charles Cross. Charles Cross, another one of those guys, Sean. That is, uh, you're not a big fan of, but apparently, no, I wouldn't people... say that. I wouldn't say that. And, and well, and, you don't believe he's on the same level as right. the other two guys, I think Aquano is on a level by himself. I think Evan Neal is the second offensive lineman because of his versatility. The beast played four of the five positions, so. That gives me room when I bring him in to play him immediately and be successful. Then Cross is the next guy. 
I don't, it's not like I have Cross rated, you know, down a list. I just don't think he's as plug and play ready as so, Evan Neal, and I don't think he has the upside necessarily as Aquanu. So that's an interesting thought because once again, going back to you know, Bruce Feldman and what he talking to coaches around the league, mm-hmm. one offensive line coach said of Charles Cross, we really don't, we didn't really like him. We saw him as much more of a project. The system hurts him. It matters. We didn't love his interview. He has the tools, but he's not a thick as thick and powerful. We don't think he's a day one guy, yeah. which is fascinating to hear considering all the buzz as of late, Sean, is that he's moving way up draft boards and over-unders are set on him at like seven and a half. Yeah, I think with over is safe there. I don't. I, I'm just talking about the buzz. Yeah, I know. Lately. I know. I, 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 so Based he, off your evaluation, I would have played over as well. Yeah. But it feels like the way the market has been moving on Charles Cross and the rumors out there that uh, Tony Pauline said that he heard from someone in the league that said the floor for Charles Cross was six. So let's do this because mm-hmm. we don't have any cigar bets. I'm not betting it. No, 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 no. Let's do the seven and a half. I have over, and you have under with Charles Cross. No. You don't want that? No. Okay. All right, I was going to give you that. So let's well, – let me think about it. The number is seven and a half. Don't create your own number. The no, number's, I want to think yeah. about it. So we have one. I'll even give you eight and a half. I'll give you up one slot. Walker, two, touch, three, sauce, four, Uh, Giants for five. Yeah, I'll take eight and a half. All right. Charles Cross under. Tim. Charles. Cross. Under. Eight and a half. Loser. Charles Cross over. Eight and a half. Got it. Cigar bet down. I don't know how I suckered you in this one. Based off the market and what people are reporting? It all really revolves around one pick. That's the Giants at seven. No, I think Carolina at six. Yeah, they're not going Charles Cross. They can't sell that to the fan base. Or it's going to be New Orleans trading up. They got to do something at six. Yeah, they do. So, well, all right. See, so- I think their default is, is Kenny Pickett. Because, see, I was there. So I was in the building, so I know the temperature. I understand the personalities of Fitterer, Rule, Mr. Tepper. And I'm telling you, this is how this thing went down, Tim. All right, guys. If Equanu or Neil are there at six, we'll go O-Lyman. If they're not, I won't pick it. I, to be honest, I hope that that would be wonderful Yeah, for me. I mean, I'd lose a cigar bet. I'd win money. I could so. just hear Mr. Tepper saying that. I also, there are reports out there that the Giants like Charles Cross. Right. That's what I said. I said this, right. this bet comes down to the Giants at seven. That's fair. Yeah. Or at five. I mean, I guess they could go that way. I would I See, I just don't think they would take Cross over Neil or Aquano. I wouldn't think so. Um, Todd McShay tweeted this out. Keep hearing the Giants and Carolina connected to Charles Cross. It's lying season, so take that for what it's worth. If true... Giants should take Cross at five, knowing Carolina is likely to go O-tackle or QB at six. Then Giants can get edge at seven. See, if you're Carolina, here's why you want people to think you really like Cross. Because you're banking more than likely that Icky and Evan are gone. 
So you want a team to feel like they need to trade up to six to get cross. Like a team that's further down that like that needs an offensive lineman to to feel motivated to trade up and potentially, you know, add a second round pick because you don't have one or a third round pick because you don't have one. So I, I from a, a a poker sense, I like it. I, I mean your betting says that you got a big pair. So I mean we'll see what you got, aces or kings or queens. You know, so I like that promotion publicly of the Charles Cross because, you know, if there's somebody that targeted offensive line, then they, they might want to jump. I don't think they can sell Charles Cross to the Panthers fan base. I don't think there's a lot of things you can sell the Panthers fan base. I think you can sell Icky because people are going to be able to go look that you up. You're going to be around at six. I know, but I'm saying people will be able to go online after the selection and look up Evan Neal and Equanu. Not that I really care about that kind of stuff, but when you're in a position – Carolina is, it matters, because you got all these season ticket renewals that are coming up, and you got all these people it, that, that you're trying to get to, to, to buy season tickets. So they're in a unique situation. They're in a really tricky situation because Matt Rule's on the hot, hot seat, and they don't have a second or third round pick to really get cute and trade back into the first round and get a quarterback. I mean, ideally, right, you have a second round pick. You don't trade for Sam Darnold. You pick the best player available at six, whether it be a tackle or edge rush or whatever, you trade back into the first round and you get one of those quarterbacks that you like the most. And then Noah Bats and I are like, well, the, the, the Panthers had a pretty good draft. Yeah. But now you're sitting in the situation, Sean, where if they pick Kenny Pickett at six, or even if they pick Malik Willis at six, what's everybody going to say? Overdrafted a quarterback. Force that pick. Now, it could all... I'm thinking more and more likely they're going quarterback. When I start really thinking you know about funny? season the more ticket more sales. Likely, I think I th- so that was the way I thought initially, right? I yeah. made the bet that Kenny Pickett would be the first quarterback selected because I thought Carolina at six made all the sense. The more and more I think about it, I think they're going to tackle. See, I think they're going quarterback just because they don't have second and third round picks. If they had I know, if they had, this, came down if they had the sixth pick of the second round, I think they would go tackle and then they take what was remaining of yeah. Ritter, Howell, I mean, Corral. Sam right. Howell, that'd be great, yeah. right? So uh, the more I sit here and think about it, it's like, you know, it's a business at the end of the day. You know, they can't sell their fan base Sam Darnold. They're just not going to buy it. So I think they ultimately got to go quarterback at six now. I just hope – I wish I was in the building so I could tell them to take Sam Howell. <laughs> they, they went Sam Howell. That would be something at six. Well, he's the best one. You can make a if lot of money. you take one, take the best one. You can one. make a lot of money if you bet Sam Howell right now to be a top ten pick be the selection for the Carolina Panthers. So do you think, Sam Howell, would you bet under 45-and-a-half draft position? No, because I don't think there are a lot of guys in the NFL that really know how to evaluate the quarterback position. You just heard right there. At least one of them agrees with you. Yeah, he also said that Kenny Pickett he thought was a better leader than Sam Howell, which couldn't be further away from the truth. You don't know that. Yeah, I do. How do you know? Well, because I was involved in Sam Howell's recruitment, and I know people at Pittsburgh – they liked him quite a bit this year. This year. Yeah. yeah. They like Ritter this year, too. I told you, when we talked about the context around this, when these guys take all this time to develop and mature, I just Desmond think, Ritter won a lot of football games. He did. A lot of football And yet people say games. he never really changed until he had the kid midseason of his last year at Cincy. And, and listen, I, that's what college is about, right? You leave home, you grow up, you learn how to become an adult, a, a, a make man decisions. I just think the process generally duplicates itself at the NFL level because there's a reset because now there's money involved. There's notoriety. There's celebrity. 
And so now they go back to where they were at the beginning in college and work their way up. We will see how many quarterbacks go in the first round. Good luck to everybody, by the way. <laughs> we'll wrap things up on the other side of the nightcap. the Sports Betting Network. The VEASAN Spring Special is here. For only 59 bucks, you can get everything VEASAN has to offer from now to the end of July. The next few months are going to be filled with the best betting content in the business right here at VEASAN.com and subscribers We'll have access to all of it. That includes Adam Burke's daily best bet, Major League Baseball bets. JVT, Jonathan Von Tobel, will have his best bets all the way through the NBA Finals. Andy McNeil will break down all the action on the ice all the way through the Stanley Cup playoffs. We'll have lots of NFL preseason coverage as well, not to mention continued best bets, some premium articles covering golf, UFC, USFL, NASCAR. If you want the full VEASAN experience, which features daily best bet emails, every edition of Point Spread Weekly, Use of our betting tools and a video live video stream whenever you want. Fifty nine bucks through July thirty first. Vsin.com slash. At Bet three six five, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get one hundred and fifty dollars in bonus bets when you bet just five dollars. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare spring all right wrapping things up scott seidenberg coming up next with the look ahead here on vsin the NFL draft just around the corner coming up on Thursday. Got uh, three NBA playoff games tomorrow night, three in the books tonight as Boston completes the sweep of Brooklyn, 116-112. Toronto staving off elimination, beating Philadelphia 103-88. to And Dallas beating Utah 102-77 to take a three-games-to-one series lead there. So you had one over and two unders. You had one dog and two favorites coming Tonight, before we get to the NBA, um, I want to go through. You were you were saying some potential scenarios, mm-hmm. uh, which I think is fun uh, when it comes to the draft. So, top three right now, you're looking at number one, Jacksonville. Number two, Detroit. Number three is Houston. I feel like we're getting to the point where we're starting to feel a little more comfortable about the top two picks, which is Walker and Hutchinson, one, mm-hmm. two. Who goes three completely changes this draft? So there's rumors. Maybe they like Derek Stingley. 
Sauce Gardner? Do they go Avon Thibodeau? We've got the odds up right there. Do they go Iki Aquanu, the best offensive lineman in this draft class, Sean? So let's say, for argument's sake, they go Sauce. Okay. The Jets at four, what do they do? Do they go Iki Aquanu? Do they go wide receiver? So when I did the mock, yep. and I made myself Joe Douglas, what really played a role into what we ultimately ended up doing as an organization was the fact that Robert Salah is a defensive coach. Like, his expertise is on the defensive side of the football, right, Tim? Yep. Where do you think the Jets ranked last year in total defense? Uh, 32. That's not good. How many NFL teams are there? Uh, there would be 32. 32. So, I like what they did in free agency. In the de- in secondary, they added DJ Reed and Jordan Whitehead from the uh, Seahawks and Bucks, respectively. They added two D linemen, Solomon Thomas and Jacob Martin. Why not go elite difference maker, defensive player at four? Because at some point, the questions are going to stop being about Zach Wilson and they're going to start being about this Jets defense. You get Carl Lawson back as well, who missed last season due to injury. So I had him selecting Devin Lloyd because I think Devin Lloyd's that good. Will that happen? Probably not. But I could see them going Kayvon Thibodeau. I could see them going Jermaine Johnson to pair a rusher on the other side with Carl Lawson, you know, as he gets uh, completely healthy. I think I can see them going Derek Stingley if they think Stingley is all the way back, putting a lockdown corner out there on defense. So because Rob is a defensive coach, I think that matters. I think they're going defensive for. A couple hours ago, Tony Pauline put this out. I am told Jets owner Woody Johnson will be very involved in this year's draft. What extent will Johnson be involved? I did not get the specifics. But what is any involvement in the draft from Woody Johnson? But is any involvement in the draft for Woody Johnson good involvement? Pulling up Woody Johnson's wiki, hold on. What I would say is if the owner is involved and a potential Superstar like Kayvon Thibodeau's available. I think Kayvon Thibodeau's going for it. I mean, he's the ambassador. Oh, he just he just let that job go. He was a U.S. ambassador to the United Kingdom. He ain't even been here. Does that matter? He owns the team. He ain't even watching any football, man. You know, he that just, makes it worse. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, come on, bro. Don't do that. He knows Kayvon Thibodeau. Yeah, don't 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 do that. As uh, as see, this is this is as the, Tony this is the Jerry Jones effect. Dan Snyder walked into the draft room a handful of years ago and told everyone in there they were drafting Dwayne Haskins at 50. And see, that happened. Here's where I feel like owners can't keep their hand out of the cookie jar sometimes. See, I'd have quit. And you know what? I'd be looking brilliant right now. Well, I'm. So, Bad example, but but like it, yeah, when you end up when you end up being right, if you know, if you take a stand, if you know at 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 four, I think it's gonna be if this is in fact true that there's gonna be involvement from the owner on who goes four. Yeah, Mister Mister Woody Johnson, don't do that, man. Listen, that's you, why I think Kayvon Thibodeau. Don't, don't do that. Man. <laughs> if Kayvon Thibodeau's hanging out there, don't you think Kayvon Thibodeau's a pretty intriguing sell 
to Jets fans? I don't think Woody knows. I understand. Yeah, just, just stay out of it. So, all right. You know, brilliant Go. man, but let, let, the, let the football people handle Who the Who goes football number stuff. five? If Kayvon Thibodeau, all right, so this is the situation. Walker, Hutchinson, Sauce, Kayvon Thibodeau. I had them taking Evan Neal. At five. Okay. Yeah, simply that because they added four linemen in free agency. So Evan Neal's versatility allows them to, whoever pans out between Jamil Douglas, Mark Glowinski, John Feliciano, and Matt Gone, you can just plug Evan Neal in. All right, so now the Carolina Panthers are on the clock, Sean. Yeah. I had them going Trayvon, Trayvon Walker's gone. Aiden Hutchinson's gone. Sauce Gardner's gone. Kayvon Thibodeau's gone. Evan Neal's gone. What do you do? Charles Cross? I went Aquano. Well, he is not available. Well, I'm crying. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm probably going to cry. You could cry for 10 minutes, but then you got to turn a card and, into the and, commissioner. And, and I'll be honest, in these situations. That's where I think Charles Cross could ultimately land. I, I, so, so if, hear me out on this. Because this happens where you have Actually, a, hold on. In our situation, I didn't think you Icky, had Icky, Icky was available. Right. But just, just for, for conversation's yeah. sake, Icky and Neil are gone. Yeah. Here's when you have to trust your board. And this is why my messaging would always be with the first round guys, we want best available player. We'll, we'll figure out how to fill our deficiencies through free agency, through development. But the example I would use, say we need an offensive lineman. We're not going to take the third best offensive lineman and bypass Derek Stingley, who we have rated 10 spots higher, or bypass Jermaine Johnson, who we have rated 11 spots higher. Like, you have to take the most talented player that's there at six, regardless of position. I know they need a quarterback. I'm going to scream this from the mountains. If you need a quarterback and you select one that isn't ready to play or isn't very good, guess what? You still need a quarterback. So All that makes sense. Yes. But. You're on the clock. Your butt is about to be fired. I wouldn't take Charles Cross at six. And I'm not going quarterback. You got to do something. Yeah, I'm going to trust our board. Whether that's Jermaine Johnson, whether that's Kayvon Thibodeau, whether that's Derek a, Stingley. And then you get a ring, 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 ring. Yeah. Oh, hi, Mr. Tepper. How are you? What are we doing? Uh, we're thinking about getting uh, uh, well, oh, Derek listen, Stingley, listen, drafting listen. a corner for the second consecutive year in the top 10. Listen. Okay, okay, I'm sorry. You're you're screaming. You're why are you yelling so much? Hey, Mr. Tepper, once he look up midseason and Stingley and JC Horn are locking guys down, and that ultimately makes everybody up front better because we can play man to man and play the ball and have great and change Christian, of direction. And Christian McCaffrey's hurt again. Well, that because be we don't have an offensive line, uh, and yeah. Sam Darnold is throwing passes over the head of uh, our wide receivers. Yeah, but I was like, Mr. Uh, Mr. But hey. Hey, all we're, I, all we're, I, losing, we're losing nine to six. All, every I, week. all I would say is, Mr. Tepper, uh, Charles Cross was the offensive lineman available. He is backing up right now for the Seattle Seahawks, who have nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to see what happens. Me too. It's gonna be, I would be amused. I cannot wait. Personally, I hope it's Kenny Pickett because I'd win some money. Uh, that would be very, uh, very nice. But uh, that is. That is where it really gets fascinating. Actually, I think it gets fascinating at three. What is Houston going to do? It gets fascinating at one. I can't wait for the commissioner to say, and with the first overall selection in the 2022 NFL draft, the Jacksonville Jaguars select Kayvon Thibodeau for more. <laughs> <laughs> I can't oh, wait. That would be. Oh, uh, I can't wait. <laughs> oh, I could only. 
That would be a dream. That hey. would be a dream. Hey, uh, we had a lot of guests today. Thanks to Austin Gale. Thanks to Jason Lockett Fora, Bruce Feldman, Jonathan Von Tobel. Thanks to everyone in our production crew, as always. For Sean King, I'm Tim Murray. Scott Seidenberg, up next, right here. Seidenberg, up next, right here. Seidenberg, up next, right here. Seidenberg, up next. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.